You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a son is born to us. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. It's so good to see you this Christmas Eve. Welcome to worship. I'm glad you're here. I look out and I see uh, many of you and and your familiar faces and you're like family to me and friends I've known over the years and the rest of you are just friends I haven't met yet. Uh, This is Christmas and this is the time in which we celebrate the birthday of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't make microphones like they used to. I want to ask you, how many grandparents are there here tonight? Just raise your hands. Yeah. How many of you grandparents love talking about your grandkids? Yeah. How many of you non-grandparents get tired of grandparents talking about their grandkids? Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you tonight about my grandkid, okay, just for a moment. So Orrin is three and a half years old. He's here tonight. He lives close by. He's in our preschool. I get to see him almost, well, every week, several times a week. week. Ken comes over and he plays. And I made the mistake of saying to him in front of his mother one time, Orrin, you are the greatest thing on earth. And his mother said, I remember when you used to say that to me. And I said, yeah, but you grew up. (laughs) So grandkids and kids have a way of bringing out the best of us, bring out the child in us. And so it is with our grandson, Orrin. As I was a kid, I used to 
put up Christmas lights, and I would love to put up Christmas lights on the old farmhouse, the big bulbs, and I'd climb up on the roof. And why, if someone drove by today and and and, and saw me as a kid doing that, they probably would arrest my parents. You know what that means. So, but I stopped doing it after my kids were raised until this year because. Well, I've got a grandson. He's old enough, so I hung the Christmas lights this year. And, well, you know, there's professional Christmas hangers, and then there's me. (laughs) But I want you to know that there's not a hook or a nail on that. Now, they were indoor lights, so they got shorted out when the rain came. But (laughs) But I hung them up for Oren. And I took him out there and I showed it to him and he was about as impressed as you were. (laughs) But then he did something I didn't see coming. He looked up at me. He said, Papa, let's go take a walk. (laughs) It was dark. It was cold. It was 8 o'clock at night. His parents would have had my hide, so we didn't do it. You ever notice how parents can be so parental, grandparents. (laughs) But as I thought about Oren taking me by the hand and with courage, with no fear at all in his heart, saying to me, Papa, let's go take a walk. I thought of God. And I thought of faith. And I thought how simple It really can be that God must be so pleased when his children are willing to take his hand and walk with him. Now, friends, uh, we live in a dark world. The darkness is real. And we are not promised in the gospel until the fullness of the kingdom comes that the darkness is going to go away. That's where I think we get confused. But Isaiah did say that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. I'm sorry, choir, that you had to sing your song in the dark, but you did a mighty fine job anyway. They didn't even turn the lights on for you. (laughs) But those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And Isaiah is talking here about a man that's going to walk the Sea of Galilee. He's talking about a specific person, 700 and some years later, announcing a light that's going to shine in the darkness. Now, the darkness was great in the days of Isaiah. There were boots on the ground. There were wars. There were rumors of war. There was spiritual oppression. There was political oppression. It was a people of great conflict. And when Jesus was born, there was still great conflict and turmoil in Bethlehem as there remains there tonight. The King Herods of the world never go away. And sometimes it's just hard especially when you and I are facing our own personal darkness. 
some darkness that we bring on ourselves and some darkness that's just pervasive in this world. But nevertheless, Jesus is the light that comes in the midst of darkness. And the problem is not that God isn't ready to bring light into our darkness. The problem is that the world never seems to be ready for Jesus. The world wasn't ready for him the first time. And Jesus is delaying his second coming because the world is still not ready. But God is always ready. No matter who you are tonight, no matter how much the darkness has been pervasive in your heart and crashed into your life, God is ready. Susan and I, my wife, we enjoy watching uh, the Netflix series, The Crown. It's in its second season. It tells the story of Queen Elizabeth. And the first season talks about how that she becomes... uh, to the throne through her father's death and how she wasn't ready and her coronation was delayed because of her youth and because Churchill had to help her to get ready and others had to help her to get ready. Plus, the crown had to be fashioned. But Isaiah, 700 and some years before Jesus is born, tells us about the crown that this child is going to wear that was fashioned before the beginning of time because God is always ready. And he declared that he's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. When our daughter was born, 29 years ago, December 10th, we wrote a Christmas letter before her birth. You know, you write Christmas letters some years and some years you don't, depending on how well the year went. (laughs) Well, we were just ecstatic about writing this birth of this child. And Susan said, we got to write the letter before the baby comes because I'm not going to be in any shape to write it afterwards before Christmas. So we wrote it ahead of time, and we wrote in the description of what she was going to look like based on what her brothers looked like. We were sure she was going to have the darkest, blackest, thickest hair you could imagine. Well, of course, she was born bald as could be. Bald, but beautiful. (laughs) But we had to change the description of the letter before it was sent. Now, I want you to think about something. 700 and some years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah nailed it. We don't always know what our kids are going to shape up like. We don't always know what the future is going to hold. We don't always know the personality, the passion, the characteristics of those who are going to follow after us. We hope and we pray and we seek to model the best we can. But when Isaiah was describing about a child, 
He didn't have to change the description after Jesus was born because he was and he is and he always will be this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, this wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government, his kingdom is going to be realized on this earth someday. But it is already in part realized through the coming of his spirit. Jesus himself was asked the question when he walked this earth the first time, how will we know your kingdom will come? And Jesus said, don't look there. Don't look there. Where the kingdom of God is within you. And it's among you. And that's where the light shines, friends. That's where the light can penetrate. It starts from the inside of each of us and works its way out. And no matter how much the darkness has crashed into your life, the light is greater than that darkness. Omar Agravati, who writes the daily text this month, talks about his five-year-old daughter had Darth Vader come and invade her playpen nativity scene. And to me, uh, that is an all too real of a reality of what the darkness does in this world. Darth Vader may have crashed into your nativity this year. He may have crashed into your life. There may be a darkness that has hung in you and over you for a very, very long time. But I'm here to announce to you tonight that the prince of darkness, the darkness, no matter how great it is, does not have the last word. For the prince of darkness is not your father. Jesus is the everlasting father. There is a prince of darkness that is alive in this world, but there is the prince of peace that is far greater. And he's imminent and he's close and he's among us and he's as real as I'm standing here. And he is the greatest thing in this world. And he can be your light. He, he can be your savior. He can be your God. He can be your strength. And so tonight, I just want to ask you the question. Where are you in your relationship with God? Have you accepted the offer 
of his extended hand. Do you dare believe that no matter how strong the darkness is in your life, you can take God by the hand and walk through that darkness and not be afraid any more than Oren was afraid to walk with his papa into the cold and dark at night. I want to show you uh, some letters here. What do you see on the screen? What are the words you make out there? Some people might make out the word, God is nowhere. But people who walk in light, who know the light, who recognize the light, know that God is now here. He's now here. He's with you. He's among you. He's for you. He loves you. He died for you. This child is not just any baby. He's not just Joseph and Mary's baby. He's God's baby. No, he's really, he's God. And he is here for you. And friends, the people who walk in darkness, we can see and know that great light. Will you pray with me?